usually uh, usually it would be packed with uh, with the, 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 the population of the town of Bethlehem would more than double this time of year every year because of Christmas. Hundreds of thousands of visitors come into Bethlehem every year to celebrate Christmas. Uh, they have Christmas. Uh, they have Christmas bazaars. They have Christmas shows. They have uh, they have huge Christmas trees. Uh, they have celebration of the birth at the Church of the Nativity. They have all of these things that they do for Christmas at Bethlehem, and it's quiet this year. Now, I did also read that there are many, many Christians who are still going to celebrate, you know, in their homes and with their decorations. But uh, the 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 big the big celebration is quiet this year. Say, so what are you saying, preacher? Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Bethlehem is less than six miles from Jerusalem. It's a stone's throw. And, uh, and Jerusalem is quiet. And Bethlehem is quiet. And the Christian community in the Middle East is quiet because of the war that's going on there. We ought to thank God every day for the peace and the, and the grace that he has given us in this church. We've had 30 years of peaceful Christmases. Now, I know there's been war, from, and some of our sons, mine included, have gone to war. But here at home, it's been quiet. And we ought to praise the Lord for that. And, uh, and pray for every one of our soldiers, every one of our uh, police officers who are in harm's way this Christmas season. It's more dangerous for them than it's been in a long, long time. So let's lift them up in prayer, but let's celebrate the joy of Christmas. Amen. I'm going to ask TJ if he would to ask God's blessing on the offering. Lord, we celebrate the birth of your son, Lord, with the birth of our Savior, Lord, that he was sent to die yes, on the cross yes, for our Lord. sins, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for each one that's here, Lord. We pray for those that can't be here today, Lord. Just give them a special blessing, Lord. We just uh, think of those who've lost loved ones this past year, Lord. We just pray that you'd be with them, Lord. Just give them a special touch this season. Lord, we just pray again, like we've heard from the pastor this morning, Lord, for the for Israel there, Lord, that you would just uh, give peace there to the people and, and the kingdom of your your children, Lord. We just thank you again for this opportunity to be here, Lord. Pray for this offering to bless the gift and the giver alike. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 143. 143, everybody stand. I'll call all ye
Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, the Savior of the world is born. Yes. Yeah, Mike said that in his, his first message, Christmas message this year. Uh, that has stuck with me every time I say Merry Christmas. The Savior of the world is born. What a, what a thought. And I've just been looking forward to coming to church this morning and to worshiping God this morning for his goodness to us. For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord, and she shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Jesus, and he shall save their people from their sin. For unto, you is, uh, for unto us a, a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and he'll be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Man, I'm so grateful that long before we came on the scene, God was pursuing us, Amen. and he had a plan of salvation in place, uh, for us long before we even came on and he still continues to pursue us I just this song was on my heart all week love me first <clears throat>
how you feeling. Can you, can, can you sing gratitude? I don't typically like to call people out because I figure if they don't come up, there's a reason they didn't come up. But this was another one that was on my heart. Gratitude. I always love to give when my when my kids got presents and to give them presents because their reaction was, I mean, they were just so grateful. And, and it was a big reaction and they made a big deal about it and it made me it made me look forward to them getting gifts and giving them gifts. You ever give somebody a gift and they just kind of look at it and chuck it to the side and act like they didn't care and you think to yourself, I ain't giving that person a gift ever again. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they, were, they always made a big deal about people giving them gifts, you know, because that person didn't have to give them anything. You know, it was their hard-earned money that they spent to give them a gift and they made a big deal and I was always so happy uh, and, and when they received a gift because they made such a big deal about it and like I said it made you just look forward to giving them something and, uh, and that whole thing and, um, and I think about the gift that God has given us yeah. and his son yeah. and I think about what he thinks when our reaction is kind of just whatever I just wonder if he thinks to himself man why do I even bother blessing them people why do we even bother doing anything for them people? They're just not even grateful. There's no gratitude. There's no thankfulness. And I wonder what he thinks when we come before him and give him the praise and the honor and the glory that he deserves. He sent his son that we could have life more abundantly on this earth and eternal. I just wanted to sing this song, Gratitude.
my soul Don't you get shy on me Lift up your song Cause you've got a lion Inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord Come on my soul Don't you get shy on me Lift up your soul Cause you've got a lion Inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord Come on my soul Don't you get shy on me Lift up your soul Cause you've got a lion Inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord So I throw up my hands Praise you again and again
children now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You answered prayers back then, and you will answer now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You were providing then. You are And turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles this morning to the Gospel of John, chapter number one. Gospel of John, chapter number one. I, uh, it was a while ago when I preached kind of the first message that I was doing for uh, Christmas messages. And uh, we went to the Gospel of John. We made note of a few things. I've gone back, I've gone to it pretty much exclusively this Christmas season. But I had a couple of words, if you remember, we had some, some words that you could kind of describe about the time that Jesus was born, some of the things that were going on. We noticed that there was a lot of arrogance by the Jewish people. We noticed that there seemed to be a coldness to the things of God. The Bible describes it at other times of having a form of godliness but denying the power of. And then we noticed that it was a time of greed. Jesus Christ himself drives those money changers out of, the, out of there. And we put some things together that the, anti, the opposites of them, let's just use a simple word, is humility and warmth, generosity. And we spoke about that first one of taking our arrogance and moving to humility, and we spoke about that. Today I want to talk about coldness 
and moving to warmth and thinking about that as we look at the Gospel of John, as we look at the, the story of Christmas and we see what God is doing and how oftentimes the world is cold. And there's just a lot of things that happen as we go through this world that make us indifferent, that make our hearts tend to be like stone. We decide that, you know what, we just don't have room for love or for this or for that. We become jaded to the things that would really matter in life because of our experiences. Because let's just face it, the world is cold. It's hard. It's cruel often at times. And we think, why would it be this way? And many times, we even look at God and say, why is he like that? Why, is, why do I feel that it, is, that it is judgment that I receive from him? That it is harshness that I receive from him? That it even in a way is coldness? And therefore, we move into a place that we just, that the world becomes cold. And oftentimes we find that to be true. I do believe that it is often at Christmas that we are looking once again for those, that warmth, for the, for the sentimental things, for the things that will, will bring a spark of that humanity back. And unfortunately, our world wants to call it the Christmas spirit or the move of this and, and even put it and blame it on different things of the season. But when at truth, what is happening is we are talking about and ex experiencing what God has already given to us. The gift of his son is the greatest gift that could ever be given. The gift that we experience at Christmas time when we see that God loved us so much that he gave us the very best that he had, that it is that, it is that time that we see the very best in humanity and we also see that that is possible in us. We think, could it be true that there could be some warmth, that there could be something that is enjoyable? And man, I see it. I'm watching all these Christmas movies just like you are, just like our pastor is, obviously, right? I mean, he's getting caught up in the season, amen? But he's watching the ones the kids don't watch. We did trivia over there. We did some Christmas trivia. They don't know what Miracle on 34th Street is. They don't know what It's a Wonderful Life is. Trust me, these are the pastor's favorites, okay? Uh, he would have got 100 on that quiz we gave them. But, but, he, but when you watch those movies, what are they looking for? They're looking for a, a moment of warmth. They're looking for a moment to, to remember the good times, to remember when someone gave them a gift that, that overwhelmed them. They want to go back and feel that again, don't they? They want to hold on to that moment. And isn't it amazing? I know this is for me so true. That as I grow older, and I keep saying this about, because Christmas time is true too, that I find the greatest joy in the most simple of things. And I find that in my youth, I had this, what I thought was great wisdom. What I thought was, you know, great, ama amazing logic and wisdom to sort things out. But I find all of that to be so silly when I realize how powerful a small moment can be. Hmm. You do simple things that have the weight of all of eternity in them. You realize that in that moment are the most powerful things. In that moment, when the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, it was just a baby being born in a stable. But all the power of Almighty God dwelt in that little boy. <laughs> and even though he thought it not robbery to be equal with God, he made himself of no reputation. Oh my word, what he is doing. Oh, I gotta preach this message. We gotta keep, I'm almost getting ahead of myself. Gospel of John, chapter number one. Verse number one. Let's read this again, this Christmas season. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made 
that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Verse number eight, verse number nine, excuse me. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Then verse number 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to just again look at the word of God to just contemplate Christmas, maybe to think about some things that we haven't before, or maybe we have. Maybe, dear God, it's that thing that we come back to so often. Dear God, you'll roll back and reveal a new truth to us that will encourage us and help us this morning. Dear Lord, we are thankful for our families and the opportunity to celebrate with them. We're thankful for this church and a place to come and worship. Dear Lord, I pray that you would use the word of God mightily. Dear Lord, I know that within myself there's no ability to persuade or to convince men of their need of Christ. But yet, dear God, in the power of the word and in the work of the Holy Ghost, all the power we need is found in that place. And so, dear God, we pray that by the word of God and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, that you would do a work that we are unable to do. Help us this morning to be faithful to your word. We do not want to preach speculation. Dear God, even at a time like this, outside of what you have done, we do not want to unnecessarily pull at the heartstrings. But yet, dear God, I find in your word that you are also very good at doing that. So, dear God, let it be done appropriately this morning. Help us, we pray. In Christ's wonderful name we pray. Amen. I want you to notice, we said this, if you look around at the time of Jesus' birth, if you look at what's going on, we do. We find a cold and we find a harsh world. We find that they are living in a religious system that is based upon the rules and the rituals that are just laid out and, and seem to be within itself. Stiff, cold, indifferent, and only worried about the letter of the law and have lost the spirit of it that goes with it. We also find a time that it finds itself under a government that is also cold and indifferent, that would make people travel miles and miles at a, at a difficult time to go and be taxed and to go and do this. Life under Roman rule was anything but warm and fuzzy, that's for sure. They were under the rule of a dictator. They were under the rule of an empire that cared little for them, but only what they could do to bring the, the strength of the empire up. We could preach all of those things. We also find a time when it seemed like the individual had also turned cold because here we have them sleeping in a barn because there was no room for them in the inn. And guess what? If you, if you are so cold that a pregnant woman comes knocking at your door and you don't kick somebody else out so she can have that room, there's kind of something wrong with you. You know what? Hey, gentlemen, you should still stand up and let a lady have a seat on the bus or on a train. Amen? I don't know if that's biblical, but I still think it's pretty good preaching, okay? And we're just going to go with it this morning. Hey, some of that stuff is still good. It adds some warmth to the whole living experience of who we are. And boy, we need some of that. We need some generosity. That was my last greed to generosity, which I'm never going to probably get to preach, but who knows. But anyway, we need some of that. We find a world that was cold. We could make the connections in the world that we live in today, could we not? 
Religiously, it often feels cold in our churches, does it not? Places that are more concerned about the letter of the law rather than the spirit of the law. Unfortunately, there's places that are caught up in the commercialism of everything that is going on. I feel like I've seen so many of those little reels this Christmas season about out-of-control Christmas spectacles in churches. I don't know if you've seen that where it seems like they're so worried about putting on a performance that's on par with Broadway. And is that really what Christmas is about? I kind of don't think so. But we've lost the warmth, whether it be for the rules or whether it be for the brightness, but we've just lost those simple things of families sitting together and enjoying the company of one another, sitting around a cozy fire and playing a board game Imagine that, right? Maybe putting the video games down for a while and talking to each other. Those are all such wonderful things around Christmas time. Just enjoying that warmth. We see the coldness, and I don't have to talk about that. But we need some warmth. There's a couple of things that I see when I look at Christmas that I think that are absolutely wonderful. I've kind of mentioned them already because I've been getting carried away when I talk at different things. But bear with me, and I'll just share them with you again. Number one, this is so wonderful to me. A baby is born. A baby is born. A baby that's the Savior of the world. That's true. But to Mary, it's her first baby, her first child. That sweet baby that's born to her, that's laid in her arms, that while everything is going on, she ponders it all in her heart. Is there anything, I can say this for me, there's been nothing more precious in my life than viewing my children being born. There's nothing so precious to me as, as watching them grow up, as having that child. And then we all know, I know you know what I'm going to say, you already know, right? There's nothing better than them grandbabies being born, right? It's a whole new ball game, okay? You watch them play, you can take it in. When you're a parent, just so you guys know, when you're a parent, you don't have a clue what's going on. Just like they put the, gave us this kid and it cries all the time and we have to feed it and we have to do this. When you're a grandbaby, you're just like, it's so beautiful. Look at them. They're exploring, they're taking in the world, and then you're like, you can have him back. <laughs> Good night. See you later. <laughs> Screams at your house, not at my house. But it's amazing. And you're, you're watching again those things that you remember. And you're watching those children as they grow. And they do, they just take it all in. And I know this, it's crazy, I know, but I got nothing. I don't have illustration. I'm just telling you. I love it. And it's the simplest things. Our little guy... Everything, he gets excited, and he goes like that, and it's over. I'm like, make him do it again. Make it. Andrea got an accordion as a white elephant gift, you know what I mean? But being Andrea, she learned how to play something on it, you know, because you just give her an instrument, she learns how to play. When he sees that accordion, oh, that's what he does. I'm going to play that accordion, make it happen. I want to see that face over and over again. Wonder, awe. And, and, I, and, it, and you're just like, he's exploring. He's seen everything. There's so much good. Not a baby. Born. Jesus Christ came as a little baby in a manger. And somehow, being the God who created everything, he still experienced it. And I don't know how, but there was times that he was still in awe of it all. Do you know that about him? I know there was times he was moved by our grief. The Bible says that he was in all points tempted, as we are, yet without sin. That he, he can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He experienced everything that a human being experiences on this world. Awe and wonderment. All of that, yet at the same time, he was God in the flesh. It's amazing that we think about this and that we know that and that when we see those little ones around us that it is so Christ-like 
a baby is born. Could there be anything that brings more warmth to us than the fact that a child was born in Bethlehem? Oh, my. Okay. I got some more. Joseph receives Mary. I spent a lot of time thinking about it. Joseph had an out. Did you know that? The Bible says that he, he had a mind. He thought that he would put her away privately. Privately. He would save himself the embarrassment. He would not be unnecessarily harsh to her, but he would save himself the embarrassment and he would put her away privately. But the angel of the Lord came to him and said, don't be afraid to take Mary, your wife. Now think about this. He still had the choice to not listen to the angel of the Lord. Because guess what? There's plenty of people in the Bible who God speaks to them directly and they still don't listen. There's plenty of us that God speaks to us directly and we still don't listen to him. See, he had an opportunity to be cold and to say, you know what, we're just going to put Mary away. But instead of obeying the letter of the law, he did not break the law. He did not. But he said, I'm going to go a step further and not worry about my own reputation, not worry about what is best for me, but I'm going to take her and make sure that she is my wife and treat her with all of the love and the care and the respect that maybe she, I don't think that she deserves, but there will be mercy. There will be grace. Little did he know she didn't really need that, but in his mind, that might have been what was going on. But all I know is instead of being cold, he was warm. There's a lot of people around us that we probably think deserve the cold shoulder, deserve this or deserve that. And we have every right to treat them that way. You might have every, you have every reason, every book. You might even have really good Bible to treat them that way. But maybe we need a little bit of warmth and a little bit of forgiveness. Maybe we need to find something inside of us that for once, if we will show some kindness to them, that God will help us understand what he's doing for us at Christmas time. If you know me, you know this is why it's so important for me, for those in our church to be involved in things that we do that serve others of no benefit to us, that we go out there and we help and we find those things that we can do. Because guess what? When you help other people, you know what they're going to do? They're going to use and abuse you. It's true. You're like, Mike, you shouldn't say that. You're supposed to say how it's the most rewarding thing in my life. Well, it can be, but I guarantee you this. You go out to help people, they will use and abuse you. They will. This is what happens all the time. This happens, I, I do that, we go out, people come for the first time, we help people and they come, I'm not doing that anymore. Do you know what they did with that? Did you know they took that money that I gave to them and they went and bought booze and liquor or whatever, whatever, and they bought drugs. Did you know that they did that? I'm like, yeah, kind of what, what happens. Well, I'm never going to do that again. But sometimes, every once in a while, people look past all of that. And they say, well, it didn't work with them, but let me find out if it'll work with this one over here. And they keep going because there's some warmth. And they also realize that Christ never gave up on them. All of a sudden, it's not about their stuff or, or I want to bring this person in to church and let everybody see how great I did with them. All of a sudden, it becomes, I'm just trying to love like Jesus did just trying to show some warmth. I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to go with a little bit of grace and a little bit of mercy with some warmth. Anyway, we got to go. We got to go. Last one. Joseph sees Mary. There's a lot of things that could be in there. But then this last one, and I love this. Boy, we could meditate on this forever. Verse number 14 is where this comes from. And the word, the word was made flesh. We went from spoken about, talked about, to tangible. Could feel it, could see it. 
John says that we handled him. And in, in 1 John, he was made, we touched him. We handled him. He was real. He was right in front of us. The spoken word became real. The theory became reality. He moved from this talk of a Savior, man, to it being visible in front of us. And I believe, I believe that Jesus Christ had a compassion about him that, that was different from anyone else. I believe that when he, when the Bible says that he was moved with compassion over Jerusalem, that everyone there knew immediately that this man cares for me, this man knows me, there is something unique about him. His compassion was seen to all. His warmth was seen to all. His loving kindness was seen by all. Because God became flesh dwelt among us. I don't even have the best way to put it into words. But at this Christmas season, is there a way for us to be able to show that same kind of love and that same kind of compassion? And instead of our religion being a theory, can we make it a reality? You say, Mike, what do you mean by that? Instead of being something that we just talk about, are we going to do it? Instead of it being a good idea that we talk about, can we actually go out into the world and put it into practice and make it happen? And here's a better question. This is so, it's right home, right, right where we are. Can we love our neighbor? Right? Can we love our neighbor? Remember that time that the man asked Jesus, the lawyer, Jesus, who is my neighbor? I don't want to go back and tell you all of that. But Jesus basically says it's anybody that has a need. It's anybody that's in need. Your neighbor. Can there be warmth? Can that be real in your life? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Daryl, come get us a song ready for an invitation. Listen, if you know me and you know my preaching... I'm so concerned about the proper form and being careful with the Word of God. But there is something about the Word of God that stirs us down deep inside as well. It speaks to the very nature of who we are on that deeper level. All of those deep resounding things of, that are sentimental that go way, way beyond. And I am finding it so true that Jesus Christ deals on that realm so well. He stirs our hearts <coughs> with compassion. He stirs our hearts with the beauty that we see around us. He is not a cold God at all. But He is a warm, loving, and compassionate let me ask you this Christmas season does it still seem cold have you been searching have you been looking for something to bring back I don't even like to say this but to bring back that Christmas feeling let me tell you the loving kindness of a God who loved us first and sent His Son is at the very heart of what Christmas is all about. You can know Christ this morning. He loved you first. And like we talked about this morning, love moved first. And all He's looking for, this is amazing, is gratitude. Hallelujah. I don't have much to bring a king, but I can raise my hand and say, hallelujah. I can resound in my heart that I am aware of the warmth that you have shown in my life. I am aware that Christ indeed died for me. And 
how much I need him. Oh God, I need you. Dear Heavenly Father, be with our invitation this morning. Lord, I'm not sure if these words have echoed in our heart or not, but I pray that they would. Use them in your mighty name we pray. Amen. As we stand and sing, there Deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure that He would give His only Son to make a wretch His treasure. How Searing loss, the Father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to Until